good. See, I'm doing this dropped keyframe thing. Too much bandwidth. Well, either way, if there's an issue with the live, we'll at least record it properly and <clears throat> go about it that way. All right, well, we got a little two-minute timer, so I'm just gonna pull up. I actually. So I, I really, I just kind of have fun with it. I keep it as informal as possible, you know, casual wherever we go. But, you know, obviously with somewhat of a format. If you keep it right there, it should pick you up pretty well. This camera. First official BNIer. Spud doesn't count because he wasn't even BNI at the time. I've only had four people. Five, four, three, Welcome two, one. Welcome to the Hooked It Up. All right. Hey, how's it going? Hooked It Up show. We are with Joshua Jukes of Gordon Law Group. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, Josh, and uh, we'll kind of start there. All right. Well, as you said, that's my name, Joshua Jukes. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I grew up, graduated from high school, uh, grew up a Bulldogs fan, um, and loved it. It was a great place to grow up. Um, there's a lot of great things about the South that I really enjoy, a lot of family values. Um, some formalities that are great. Um, and, you know, it was just a, it was a nice place to be a kid. I grew up in the suburbs of the city, so I can't say that I grew up out in the country. But there were some great uh, diverse experiences that I had there. So that's where I'm from. I moved here in 2012. So I've been here, gosh, almost yeah, it was almost 11 years. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't. Yeah, I did come by way of Atlanta. But prior to that, I lived in Chicago. So I grew up in Atlanta, went to school, 
moved to Chicago for work, worked there for a number of years, and then we moved to Atlanta and then out here to uh, Heber. So moving here in 2012, you've obviously seen it change a lot. I've only been here five years and I've seen it change drastically. Tell me about the changes and how that's affected you over this period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot. It really, really has. And, and of course, I only go back 10 years. I mean, there's people who've been here longer than that, and they'll tell you it's a totally different place. But even in my 10 years, it's, it's been drastic. I remember when I first moved here, they were still talking about Walmart. <laughs> it was the new thing, and they were worried about the old you know, mom-and-pop stores closing down, and there was some of that. Um, and there was still a debate about whether Walmart was a good thing for this valley. Uh, you know, we, we can have differences of opinion about that, but that's kind of where we were at at the time. Yep. Um, you know, they were still working on 1200 South, going all the way down. The Gateway Plaza, where my office is now, did not exist. There was quite a bit more farmland. There were fewer people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just been a lot of changes with the number of people here. And there's been a lot of people from outside the state, outside the valley that have moved in. Um, but overall, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. I really enjoyed uh, more of the diversity that we have today, meeting people coming from California or New York or wherever it may be, um, yourself, mm-hmm. California as well. And, and we don't talk about that, right? It's all right. I don't need to be embarrassed about that. Um, so the it, it, Hebrew Valley is kind of becoming a little bit of a, a melting pot, but it's a, it's a great place. Very true. So speaking of which, considering uh, all things, how did we meet? Do you recall how we meet or how we met? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now as I'm asking that question. I don't know if it's a trick <laughs> question, but uh, <laughs> I remember meeting you at the United. Yes, I believe so as well. Yeah. So I don't remember who invited you. Who was it that... Uh, myself. You invited yourself. Yes, I was That's actually... <laughs> I heard it doesn't happen too often. I actually was looking online um, and I knew that there was uh, some BNIs locally here and uh, just signed up through the website. And lo and behold, uh, when I had last looked, the web design seat was occupied. Uh, so I just jumped on there to glance and see. And lo and behold, it was no longer occupied and was like, well, I'll take a look into it. And uh, I think I showed up once. And next thing I knew, I was signing up for membership. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how that happened. I I think a whole bunch of people sitting around and tables uh, voted me in because I definitely didn't uh, volunteer. Well, (laughs) that is how we met. For those who don't know, BNI is Business Networking International, the largest networking group in the world. It's a tremendous organization. We just have a local chapter here Mm -hmm. that we're both part of the impact chapter. I have been in that chapter since the very beginning and, uh, you know, four or five years, whatever it is. And then I do remember meeting you and was immediately impressed uh, with your background and some of the things you were doing. Love to have somebody in the group that's doing online marketing and is sophisticated with those things. So you've been a great advocate group. I really appreciate your friendship and um, the relationship we have, business and personal from the group. So it's been great having you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So that kind of leads me in to my next question, and that's what have we participated in together? We've obviously covered BNI, but there are some other things kind of here and there. I've seen you quite a bit at uh, Chamber Activities, mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce here locally, also another great organization for small businesses. 
something that we as a firm have tried to participate in from the very beginning. Uh, my law partner is on the, one of the committees for the group and has been very active. And then you and I have seen one another at uh, some of the mixers and some of the lunches mm-hmm. and other events. Um, I think I saw you at the expo too. Yep, I, yep. This past Saturday, which was great. That was a great turnout, yep. Phenomenal. So, yeah, that's great. Then I've seen you at Rotary. Mm-hmm. You've been helping us with um, our uh, social media platforms and marketing and website, which has been tremendous because Rotary is kind of, <laughs> believe it's an ancient organization <laughs> with a lot of gray hair people, and we're trying to modernize a little bit. So. Yeah. And then just various community activities. You're a guy who's very involved in the community, so we're bound to run into one of them. Very true. Well, and that's one thing that I personally was impressed about is – as active as I was jumping from things to things, you pop up everywhere I go. <laughs> well, um, I do enjoy being involved in the community. Um, in my line of business, networking, relationships are very, very important. And mm-hmm. That's part of it. Yeah. But part of it is just, this is a small community yeah. that I feel connected to and invested in. And I, I, I want to share that with people. I want to help people. I, I enjoy the relationships, seeing people out and about in town at these meetings, knowing what's going on and just being involved and, and helping decide the future of our community. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I, I love how involved you are, like with the Rotary, um, also uh, Wasatch Community Foundation. That's right. My next question was going to be, how are you involved? But because we covered almost all of it, I figured I'd just throw that one out there and I think cover the last one. Is there anything I'm missing? Um, well, there's one other thing that might be interesting to talk about. The Wasatch Community Foundation is a great organization. It's the most active and probably the largest 501c3 charitable organization in the Valley. It's kind of a, an umbrella organization for all things service and helping the citizens of our communities. You know, we've got different pillars, including recreation, and mm-hmm. arts, and service, and human needs, and I mean, it's just a really great organization. Education's another one. We do a lot with UVU and the high school. So I'm currently the vice chair of that and been involved for four or five years as well. My term is actually coming up, so uh, I'll be passing that along in case you're interested. <laughs> Just let me know. Yeah, yeah, we will do. <laughs> and the other thing that I, I've been involved with just as of late is the Red, White, and Blue Festival. If you've heard of it, it is the uh, we're going to have the first annual July 4th celebration in this valley. So traditionally, people have had to go down to the Freedom Festival in Provo or up to Oakley or maybe even over to Midway for their breakfast. And one of the, the questions that the chamber gets most often is, what's there to do on July 4th in this valley? Good question. So as of this year, they're going to start the Red, White, and Blue Festival. And there's have a committee that's getting this going. We've got a schedule. Um, you know, we're going to start doing advertising, but it's going to be a really great thing. Um, there's going to be opportunities for sponsorships for uh, small businesses, and I think you're going to get a lot of visibility. We expect a big crowd, and then this is the first of many in the future. So that's no, that's neat. I had no idea about that. Is this kind of like an exclusive podcast here? Like, is this talked about? Because this is first I've heard of this. Um, you know, the word <clears throat> hasn't gotten that. We've, we've done a lot of preparations. Um, and they've thrown the schedule together of a lot of different events. There's a, a run, a 5K mm-hmm. in the morning, and then they're doing 
a what they called Freedom Walk, which is essentially a scaled down parade. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rotary Club is putting on the chuck wagon breakfast from eight to ten in the morning. Uh, all you can eat pancakes and, and some other things. And then we're going to have a variety of games throughout the day. And then it will all culminate in a big um, concert in the evening. Well, actually, the, the opening act is uh, American Rooster, which is a local band headlined by my law partner, Corbin Gordon. And then ah. after that, they're going to have a, they're bringing in another bigger band to play. So it should be a lot of fun. The reason why you probably haven't heard about it is because um, we've been busy organizing it. Mm-hmm. And now we're just starting to roll it out through advertising. So maybe we need to advertise on, on your page <laughs> and, and on your uh, Podcast. Please feel free. I mean, you know, going back to, you know, what you were saying is, you know, anything that we can all do to help support the community and help it grow and thrive. I mean, you know, that's the whole purpose of the Heber Valley Business Group and um, even just, you know, our activities on there. I love seeing how active you are on there. I'll see sometimes uh, there'll be kind of a lull and then out of nowhere, I'll just see Josh is just hitting everything that he's missed for a while and <laughs> Catching up. <laughs> I love that though. It's it's showing that you know you're wanting to get involved, see what's going on in there. Um, I think it's a phenomenal resource, and um, yeah. Tell tell me a little bit more about the Wasatch Foundation because I I honestly don't know. And I say Wasatch weird, and people make fun of me all the time about it, but I don't know much about the Community Foundation. So um, you know, for maybe other people that don't know, like me, tell me a little bit more about. Uh, you know, how to get involved, what they do, um, you know, and things of that nature. Well, um, it is, as I mentioned before, it is an umbrella organization, and and we partner with local governments as well as other uh, 501c3s as well as private businesses to accomplish projects in the Valley. When I use the word projects, I mean that very, very broadly. Mm -hmm. We have five pillars. And I've mentioned some of them, but for example, the education pillar, um, you know, they go out and find projects that need to be funded and and run within that scope of the the pillar. So um, the the foundation actually goes back probably uh, at least 20 years. Okay, it's been around a while. Yeah, it's been around a long time, but in its early years, it was kind of smaller, and then it did a lot of... Um, the scholarships for the this the high school seniors we since farmed out that that function um, to the Wasatch Education Foundation. But if you want to get involved, it's simple. We have these pillars. Figure out which one you like. Now, our website is ourwcf.org, and you can find one of those pillars. Send a message and say, "Hey, I'm interested in recreation." So right now we're doing pickleball courts, and we've got a sport court that we're doing. We just finished. Um, bike repair stations mm-hmm. and there's always all kinds of things going on that get hands on go out and do something in your community it's a great way to be involved mm-hmm. no that's awesome i love too how you know you guys kind of are just serving without really making it flashy or anything like no idea all these different things are going on you know underneath everything and you know hearing how active you know uh, they are in the community that's that's really cool to hear um so, you know, we kind of started off with some, you know, basic questions, general stuff. Let's start diving in a little more personal. So I, I've got a, a few just couple questions uh, 
for others that might not know you as well. And in fact, myself, this is a great opportunity for me. We're diving in a little deeper. Um, I've got some personal questions. First one I've got for you is what's the most important thing you've learned in life thus far? Oh boy, that's a tough question. <laughs> the most important thing, I don't know if I can identify that, but I can identify for you probably one of the most important things, an important lesson. I would say um, that is probably you can't always have what you want. <laughs> and it sounds simple. Yeah. But you know what? We spend, and we are educated to plan out our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to graduate from high school, then I'm going to go to college, then I'm going to get married, then I'm going to get my PhD, and then I'm going to do this and earn money, and then I'm going to retire at 50 and everything's going to be golden. And the reality is, it rarely happens that way, right? So many times we fail in the middle of something, or we simply change course. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lesson to be learned is, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be satisfied with that. We need to accept that. Sometimes we're planning so far in the future that we're not able to enjoy the present. And so I think we need to be comfortable in our own skin and understand it doesn't all need to be planned out. We need to enjoy what we have now and be just fine with that. Some Mm -hmm. people get bent out of shape and they feel awful about it and depressed. And and, and, and we just don't need to do that. Life's wonderful. Yeah. Accept what we have. Make the best of what we can. And if it doesn't turn out exactly like we had planned, that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's sobering because uh, <laughs> I needed to hear that. <laughs> Most can relate, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know I'm kind of getting off topic, but, you know, just kind of off the cuff type stuff. Like, I love the conversations we have because these kind of conversations happen anytime that we get together and we talk. And I, I'm always, I ask you a question. The next thing I know, I'm just like, wow, that was a lot of wisdom there. I mean, we're, we're first personal question. And, uh, <laughs> No, no, I, I love it. I love it. So, branching off of that, what has been your busy, bi- biggest success, and then also biggest failure? So, two separate questions, but equally difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I've been lucky to enjoy a lot of successes in my life. There have been hard times as well, no question. Yeah. But I got to say, one of the when I say success, I prefer to put it this way. What am I most proud of? Good right? point. Yeah, I think that's got to be my family. Um, that's where I spend most of my time. That's where I find most of my fulfillment and enjoyment at life. And I'm sure you feel the same way with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm most proud of. I have four kids. Uh, my oldest are 19, almost 20, and they're in college. And they're they're great girls. They're twins. Mm. Um, and they've done well and just responsible and good adults. And yeah. I've got two still at home, one's 14, the other 12, both boys. And they're coming along and they're enjoying middle school and they're learning life lessons and they're kind of responsible sometimes. <laughs> but they work hard, they play hard, and they make good decisions. And, and I would say that's the thing that I'm most proud of, and of course, my wife. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should say she's probably most responsible for these successes, more so than me. Mm-hmm. So, Takes uh, two to tango. <laughs> so that's probably what I'm, I'm most proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Dagmar, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I forget, too. Um, I, I forget that you have twins. And I remember we had Hardman and Sydney, And I forget that we have, within our fairly small group, 
you got three different people with twins. I think that's kind of a, a high percentage, isn't it? It is. Must be in the waters, they say. Remember, we're drinking B and I. If you want to have twins, come join us. <laughs> if you don't, don't. <laughs> that's too funny. Okay, so... Um, you know, you kind of answered this next one, so we'll move on to this one. Uh, well, this actually may have been answered in the previous as well. Most influential person in your life? Ah. Um, I love the question. Hard to answer. Mm-hmm. I've got some great influences. My parents are wonderful people. They raised 11 children on the second You can only imagine what that requires. <laughs> my dad was very successful in business and just great people. Um, my wife has been a wonderful influence for me. She's, she's originally from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. um, and she uh, has a PhD and is incredibly smart, but just works so hard both in and outside the house. Um, you know, beyond, and then I've had great spiritual leaders in my life and a lot of wonderful friends and uh, business associates. So all great influences on me. I guess if I had to sort of pick someone more neutral, that I don't interact, sort of a, a role model, I would probably say Ronald Reagan. Great one, yeah. Um, to me, he's kind of the uh, penultimate president. He was transformative. I mean, some, I think today we forget how dark the 70s were. Well, right. I was born in 75. It's not like, you know, I right. was really old. But then the fear that we had of the, of the Soviet Union in the 1980s, mm-hmm. and I think America... In the late 70s, early 80s, was really feeling down about itself, and we needed someone like Ronald Reagan to pull us out of that. He was a, an amazing orator, but what he really was was just a, a leader. Yeah. He stood up to the Soviet Union, led us forward with values that we needed and appreciated. And so regardless of your politics, you have to respect him Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, I love how we have some of those leaders, no matter which direction you lean, that, you know, you can't. Arguably, you just can't, you know, argue with, and you know, obviously, they made a huge impact. I actually grew up um, not far from the Ronald Reagan Library oh. in in Los Angeles, um, so I've I've been able to check that out, and that was kind of cool. Me being an '80s boy, prodigy of the '80s, you know, that was a little bit before my time, so that's kind of been my ode to Ronald Reagan, and and kind of learning more in depth of you know what he did before my time and stuff. But uh, I've also respected him as well. Um, I thought you were going to take a cop out there uh, for a little while and just say, oh, everybody's been an influence to me, but I'm glad you finally honed an an- honed, honed somebody to answer on with that one. Um, okay, so what personally inspires you? You know, one of the things that really inspires me is when I see people in our community start out from very little, hmm. come from humble backgrounds, and make something of themselves. Um, you know, for example, in business, I mean, someone who starts their own business and becomes successful, I think your listeners know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who've never done that don't know how hard it is. True. And those guys are heroes. I mean, that is hard to, to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. Um, and whether you have an education or not, mm-hmm. take hold of that dream that we have in the country, which Amen. I believe in, um, yeah. and then, then be successful. It's just, I love stories like that, and those people, I bow my head to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're wonderful people. 
I, I love that because, I mean, you know, we really are the backbone of, of America, you know, and without small businesses, nothing against, well, maybe something against corporates, but, you know, then, then there wouldn't be anything left if we just let them make all the decisions, right? So, um, good point. Uh, what are you most passionate about? Um, you know, I, uh, I've got a lot of passions, um, one of which was is just being involved in the community. We already talked about that, so that's one of them. You know, I'm pretty passionate about my clients. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got, at our firm, we don't try and be everything and everywhere. Our focus is the Wasatch Back and, in particular, this valley. Mm -hmm. So we want to be the go-to firm and advisors for the businesses located here. We don't advertise in Salt Lake and Utah County. We do that here. And so <clears throat> I'm very passionate about my clients, many of whom are some of my best friends. And I see them outside of work, and I enjoy spending time with them, and they all know that they're welcome to call me anytime they want. If they've got a hiccup, they've got a problem, let's just sit down and talk about it. And so I'm passionate about their success mm -hmm. and helping them get where they want to go. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And for those of you that don't know, Gordon Law Group is the largest firm here in Wasatch County, correct? So uh, that's, that's a huge feat right there. Um, I do know that there are a fair few smaller firms here in town, so um, I'm sure that you got to be proud of being part of that. So that's awesome. Um, so speaking of which, did you always want to be an attorney at law? Well, most of my memorable life, I think that's true. I'm sure when I was young, I wanted to be an astronaut or something. Um, nowadays, I think most kids want to be gamers or YouTubers. I was just thinking that, yep, yep. The 1980s version of that, right? Um, right. No, but I think, I think when I began seriously thinking about a career, I really was drawn to the law. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, I consider it a noble profession. Not everyone does, but mm -hmm. I do. I also really enjoyed legal dramas on TV. I love Law and Order, Law and, Order and, yeah. and Matlock. Um, you know, Perry Mason was a bit old, but mm -hmm. I, you know that, that stuff I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I felt like I'd like to try that. And I think I've been good at it. So I, I think most of my life I wanted to be a lawyer. But you never know if you actually are one. Absolutely, very true. <laughs> Two very different things. Know, you know? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> So a common myth about your field uh, or expertise. This is a good one. <laughs> yes. Well, let me just tell you a little bit of a joke. Okay. You've all probably heard. So there's two lawyers and they're negotiating a deal with one another. And one of them says to the other, look, let's be honest, okay? And the other one says, okay, you first. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> so the big knock on our profession is that it's full of snakes and nobody's honest. Mm -hmm. And I disagree. Um, one thing that people don't know is that our profession is very highly regulated and self-regulated. And we, we are adhere to very particular rules and have high expectations for ethical standards and professionalism. And um, I myself try to adhere to those. And my experience is that most lawyers 
99% that I deal with are very professional, honest, and upstanding citizens. So I get the jokes, they're funny, and I've heard just about everyone, and it doesn't offend me personally. Mm -hmm. But I would say a myth is that all lawyers are liars. Mm. Oof. All right, well, let's bounce back from that one. Most important lesson you've learned over your career? I... One of the most important lessons I've learned is how important it is to be honest um, and act with integrity mm. in the profession. Um, and that can be hard. It can be surprisingly hard. It's so easy to cut corners, to uh, fib a little bit, mm -hmm. um, to try and take advantage of the situation. And there are some who do that, disappointingly. Mm. And, and some of my worst experiences professionally been with people who act that way. But at the end of the day, I found, and most clients appreciate this, when you can do things right, mm -hmm. honestly and with integrity in the right way, that um, you, you come out ahead. Right. And most clients appreciate that. Yeah. So. The old adage, the truth will always prevail kind of a thing, you know? I believe in that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's been my experience. Yeah. Okay, that's neat. Um, let's see... What is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your profession? In my profession? I would say first thing is, um, well, you mean they've already graduated from school and they're starting out? Right. I was going to say if somebody was thinking about going into the profession, I'd say make sure that's really what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people sort of default, I'm going to become a lawyer because they can't think of anything else or it just kind of sounds fun and it's a lot of work. Yeah, getting there and once you're there it's a lot of work and there's a lot of burnout in our industry and a lot of depression and drug abuse and things like that bad habits that are created by stress and pressure so make sure that's really what you want to do don't do it for the wrong reasons and then once you start out I would say um, <clears throat> work hard uh, learn as much as you can and be honest and people appreciate that they'll hire you uh, for what you can do. Mm. Just keep at it. Because it is not easy. <laughs> yeah, like, like you can only imagine. Right. Some are a little more difficult than others, though. And I think you definitely have kind of one of those ones. Maybe. I don't know. But it, it, I find it rewarding. And, um, you know, not every day's fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still work. And mm -hmm. I come home very tired. And um, there's a lot of unique things about it. We're taking other people's problems upon yourself mm -hmm. and that can be hard but you know what it's rewarding and like I said I believe it's a noble profession <laughs> what is one thing uh, about your job that almost no one agrees with you about <laughs> well, the funny thing is when you're an attorney uh, usually no one agrees with you anyway so like <laughs> I never agree with the people on the other side. They right. Their own counsel. Yep. We're adversaries. We're going to talk about it. We may not agree on anything, but at the end of the day, we're going to try and find a resolution. So <laughs> one thing about and, and the, my particular practice, because not every attorney does everything. Like, right. There's a million different engineers. There's a million different kind of attorneys. But I tend to you know, help people with transactions, but also in disputes. And in those cases, you know, people don't agree. Um, I think people have a romanticized idea sometimes of attorneys. You go into court every day and you're running about, you know, making these arguments, what have you. You know, if you watch Law and Order, 
which I enjoy surprisingly, but the actual trials they do are very, very fake. Mm -hmm. and you know, and those on TV, it looks like it take, you know, they got to fit it in an hour, so it looks like it's 10 minutes and you're done. <laughs> Opening statement is 30 seconds. Well, right. most of these cases last years, and a trial can be a week every day or more. I've had multi-week trials. So hmm. those are some of the things that uh, most people wouldn't know and that I think uh, a lot of other attorneys would disagree with me <laughs> on as well. So. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. So I, I was going to ask this question earlier, but I saved it based on a, a small little dialogue we had before we jumped on, and that was your favorite story to share. Yeah, so my favorite story to share. One of my favorite stories to share is about the Mexican fisherman. Have you heard this? The Mexican fisherman. I have not. So I, I wrote it down because it, it has some key points that have to be rather verbatim and so I love sharing it but I usually share it wrong and butcher it and it sounds ridiculous so I brought it with me if you don't ah, want to okay. try and read it um, and color in a little commentary as well so okay a lot of people have heard this but it's a great story for businessmen okay um, and, it, and it causes us to wonder what are we really working for or towards what are we spending our time on and what's our goal and are we truly mindful of what we do? <clears throat> so, it goes like this. One day, a businessman on vacation was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village. He looked out and noticed a fisherman rowing his boat to shore in the afternoon sun. The fisherman docked his boat and hopped out, resting his fishing pole on the side. Inside the small boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The businessman complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took to catch him. The Mexican replied, only a little while. I not very. I, I I'm not good at Spanish, so I was going to try and do a Mexican accent, <laughs> but I, I'll spare you that. It's not one of your four languages. No. The businessman <laughs> then asked why he didn't stay out longer and catch more fish. The Mexican said he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The businessman then asked, "But what do you do with the rest of your time?" The Mexican fisherman said, "I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children." Then I go and take a nice afternoon nap with my wife, Maria, and stroll in the village every evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. The businessman scoffed. Well, I'm an American investment banker, and I have a Ph.D. in business management, and I could help you, brother. You should spend more time fishing in deep and deeper waters and with the proceeds buy a much bigger boat. And with the money you make from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you'd have a whole fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catches of fish to a middleman like you do now, you would sell directly to the processor, and eventually, you own your own production plant for canned food. And in this way, you control the product, the processing, and the distribution of fresh fish to thousands of people. You would need to leave this small coastal fisting village and eventually move to probably Mexico City and from there to L.A. And then eventually you'd probably go to New York City where you would run your expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman puzzled, asked, But senor, how long will this take? To which the businessman replied, 15 to 20 years. But what then, senor? The businessman laughed and said, That's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very, very rich. You would make millions. Millions, senor? Then what? 
Well, the businessman said, then you would retire, move to a small coastal, coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, <laughs> play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings where you would sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. The fisherman, still smiling, looked up and said, isn't that what I'm doing right now? Mm. So I really like that story, and I'm sorry for reading it, but I think some of the details um, are really important. And I think there's a, uh, quite a few lessons that we can all learn from that story. Yeah, no, uh, that was great. Thanks for sharing that one. I, I, I'm surprised I've never heard of that before. And obviously I chuckled at a point there because I knew exactly where you were going with it, but uh, had me puzzled for a little while. <laughs> I'm Good lesson, though. Um, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I think the point translates across everyone's life yeah. in all industries. Yeah. You know, think about what we're doing, why we're earning this money. Stop waiting someday mm-hmm. to find happiness in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your commitments right now, what you're doing right now, can lead to a rich life. Right. right. Related to the point of you can't always have everything you want, but appreciate what you do have. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Well, and I love how riches are treasures. We instantly just think monetary, but your riches and treasures, they're, they're not always that. They're your family, spending time, being able to do what you love and want to do rather than out there hustling for, you know, the, the next big buck, um, which I think is a valuable lesson right, right in and of itself. So, Well, I agree. And I'll say that you've been a good example of this to me. I mean, I've got my own kids, but I've really appreciated knowing and watching your relationship with your daughter and I know that's very meaningful and there have been times where I've tried to schedule an appointment with you and say no I can't do it today because <laughs> it's it's daughter time and I, yeah. I think that's really great that takes some courage it's not easy when you're a small business owner so mm-hmm. kudos to you thank you um all right so I I whipped up a couple kind of fun questions the the whole purpose of this was to kind of do a a speed uh speed round and in like a minute so quick fire concepts um we'll kind of just jump into this uh favorite movie saving private ryan what was your first job i worked at an italian deli in georgia and cleaned it and served some food very very fun last thing you recall googling (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm a big history guy and i often read the quora I get their emails, uh-huh. and I swear every time I start reading one of those articles, there'll be something in there they'll mention, and I'll and I'll go and Google that. And I don't remember what it was. It was something about the current conflict in Ukraine, and I I Googled it, and it went down a very long trail. <laughs> Favorite subject in school? Favorite subject in school was always history. I'm not surprised. Best compliment ever received? No oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I don't know if it's the best one I've ever received, but I received a great one the other day. I've been on a diet, trying to lose some weight, and I was uh, we were out laying some sandbags, and somebody hadn't seen in a little bit came to me and said, you've been losing weight? <laughs> I said, yeah. And he said, boy, you look a lot younger. And I said, oh, man, that, uh, I'd love to do that. So that <laughs> like, Thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> Worst insult that you were actually proud of? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Worst insult they're actually proud of. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> not long ago I had somebody call me at the office. So I sent a, a nasty gram, a letter out. Nasty gram. The guy, the guy calls me and starts screaming at me and just being really, really rude. And 
my um, my assistant could hear me through the door, and I'm usually a pretty calm person, but I lost it on this. <laughs> like, why in the world are you calling me? What you're saying is not correct. This is not helping. And she told me that I was surprisingly rude to this person. And um, you know what? I actually felt okay about that. <laughs> I felt like he deserved that. So, uh, and I was doing it for a client, but it was just really out of line. So I, I know I'm stealing your thunder here in your, your one minute. I only have one question after that, and we're, we're over our minute. But it's funny you share that because I have almost a mirror story last week working for a client, trying to do some uh, hosting switch arounds, and I'm in here dealing on my 20th hour within uh, two and a half weeks dealing with their tech support, and I just got nasty. I, I was just over it, and I'm in here <laughs> literally talking very loud. I'm not quite screaming, but I'm talking extremely loud. And I get off the call and then uh, I hear knock, knock on my front door. And it just occurred to me that we had a brand new hire on their second day on the floor going, is everything okay? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh man, what a great start. <laughs> Sometimes you got to let loose, right? Sometimes. You know, it doesn't happen often with me either, but uh, so that was just kind of a funny story. All right. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'd probably eat pizza. Ooh. I, I would agree I with you on that one. Pizza. There's so many different kinds. All right. So it, when we go out for our next one-on-one -on -one and we're going for lunch, we'll grab pizza. Done. Mountain Mike's. <laughs> Mountain Mike's. There we go. Shout out to uh, Mountain Mike's right here. All right, so got a couple closing questions. Um, and this is kind of, you know, just uh, opportunity for you to share kind of, um, uh, you know, any kind of upcoming events that you have. Obviously, we shared the 4th of July thing. Is there anything within Rotary or anything within the community that you're involved in that you would love people to know about and kind of invite in to uh, help out with some things? I know... Um, and now I'm kind of going on a tangent, but with people that are, uh, you and I being as involved as we are in the community, um, you know, sometimes we would love to get, pull more people in, um, you know, to get involved in the things that we're involved in. Is there anything that you have that you kind of want to just shout out to people like, hey, I would love if we had some more support and blank. Well, one thing we have coming up uh, Monday uh, next week is Honors Night over at the high school where we honor the top 10% of all of our high school students and then the seniors, valedictorians get their stoles. We've had a, a lot of support from sponsors who sponsor each student. I think maybe, did you sponsor? Well, we're still talking about that. But anyway, great <laughs> event. It's at 7 on Monday over at the high school. Just come and support the students. Network with them, meet them, congratulate them. There's free cookies, so that'd be a great thing to attend. We also have a, a golf tournament. It's uh, Links for Literacy. It's a reading program we have here in the Valley for Rotary Club. We go and read to all the first graders in the entire Valley every month and bring mm -hmm. them copies of books for them to take home. Cool. And we raise money in a golf tournament in September. So anyone who, who enjoys playing golf and wants to support a good cause, um, you can sign up for that at Heber Valley rotary.org and uh, we'd love to have you there and I, I would say keep your eyes open on the flooding situation we've mm -hmm. had some opportunities to lay some sandbags down and I think uh, the worst may still be yet to come so there's going to be some opportunities there you think we're going to have another round at that uh... I think so I, I, I think especially at the higher elevations it just mm -hmm. hasn't started coming down yet yeah 
And I know the city's planning for uh, Center Street to be kind of the main channel. I mean, they'll, they'll, they expect Center Street to be underwater, essentially. Right. And to go out west and down into Spring Creek. So, uh, you know, we were able to lay some sandbags a couple weeks ago, and I think there's going to be some more opportunities. Yep. Well, and I love how you guys actually, I believe you guys had street duty that day, and knowing that there was that need, you guys just pivoted right into where the need was within the community. So. Well, and, and you raise a good point. We didn't get to do our street cleanup, our highway cleanup, but we are doing that on May 13th at 8 a.m. in the morning, meeting out at the uh, LDS Church building off Highway 113 towards Midway. So if anyone wants to come out and clean up the highway in that location, feel free to come. It only takes about an hour. That's a great thing to do. We do that twice a year. Great. Well, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, I'm committing to it live, so you guys can hold me accountable on that. So with as much as you do within the community, Josh, um, you know, obviously um, this podcast is an opportunity to share all the things you're involved in, but also we want to learn how we can support you, your family, your business. Um, are there any offers that you have to the community um, to, you know, offer up your services? Is, is there anything that you'd like to share um, with the community on how to get involved um, and contact you uh, to be able to help with any kind of law type issues that they have? I know you and I, you've logged some good time on the phone with me that I'm, I'm very grateful for. And we're actually talking about uh, doing some, uh, some business together in the future. So, you know, that aside, um, you know, how would someone contact you for your services? Yeah, right. thanks for asking. Um... So we are the largest and only full-service firm in the Valley. I personally do a lot of business work, and so I was excited to come on your podcast because I know your audience is small business owners mm -hmm. in the Valley. That's our perfect target audience. And so what I like to do is someone's operating a business, and they just come to me and ask questions, and we figure things out together. I help them operate smoother within the confines of the law, predict future risks, avoid risk, and if they happen to get sued or need to sue someone, take care of that too. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of a concierge uh, business service that, that I provide. And so I have a free 20-minute consultation for anyone. You come in and, we, and, and you tell me what the issue is. If I can give you a little advice and you don't need any more help, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but anyone who hears this podcast and comes into my office and tells me that they heard it, and wants to do some work together, you have 15% off of uh, legal services. Uh, most of it's just on an hourly basis. But uh, my goal is we get together, we figure some things out, and you feel free as a business owner to call me anytime you want, come back in if something else arises, and we maintain that long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And in turn, I will advertise you. I'll refer you to my other clients. I've got client hats and and logos in my office that I talk to everybody about. So just like you, Josh, so uh, let's all help one another, and I'm here to help you if anybody needs it. My telephone number at the office is 435-657-0984, and our website is gordonlawgrouputah.com, and so you can find more information there. Give me a call. Let's talk. Love that. Now, I, I wasn't really planning on this, and um, but you know, just thinking about that, you know, as, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking of how often I've had you kind of in my back pocket. And I've honestly loved being able to have you as a resource for clients that I have that might need contracts that are starting businesses. Because obviously I deal with small businesses, a lot of people that are just starting up. And knowing I got jukes in the back pocket to go, hey, you need a contract like 
you know, it covers me too, because here I am setting up, you know, clients with automation and all these different things and, you know, deposits and payments up front. And it's like, you know, make sure you've got a solid contract ahead of you so that, you know, if unfortunately things ever do have to go to court or something, you've got something to stand stand on. Um, so very, very important. I've loved being able to uh, benefit from, from your resources for my own clients. So, um, you know, going back to what you're saying, I love how we're all in community together. We're all trying to support one another. Um, and that's honestly the magical thing I've personally found about the Heber Valley and uh, a lot of the inspiration behind what we're doing with the Heber Valley group and, um, you know, how I'm even using this podcast to more focus on the valley. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it always comes around, you know, full circle. You, you give, you know, and, and you, I, I always use this adage, you know, you can never outgive the giver. You know, you're giving, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a tenfold. So um, thank you for having, uh, for, for coming on the show, Josh. Uh, was really excited when you reached out and we're like, yeah, I, I think I could pull this off and uh, kind of pulled it off last minute within a couple days. Um, but really enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit more and, and having you sit on the show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, continuing to, to network with one another and uh, catch some pizza. Magic yeah, Mites. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You've got a great audience. Love the web, the uh, Facebook page and the group. and It's very active, so it's been great for me, too. Awesome. Thank you. You got it. All right. Well, thank you, guys, and uh, we will see you next week. If I could get my mouse to work.